friends, and welcome to Pod Return to the Waking Sands. We are a Final Fantasy XIV companion podcast where we explore the lore and story of Hydaelyn and beyond. My name is Jen, and I am joined by my co-host and researcher. I'm Levi. Hello, Levi. Hello, Jen. How's it going? Uh, fine. I'm full of food. Yeah. You want my band-aids? I'm leaving that in. And I'm going to put them in the trash, even though it's disgusting. <laughs> Today, we are concluding the patch 2.2 main story quest. But first, what happened last time, Jen? All right. Last time, me and the boys infiltrated the uh, Sapsa spawning grounds uh, to try to stop the Leviathan summoning. It was real cool. Everybody was real cool. Thankra was cool. Yigiti was cool. Merlvib was cool. Probably even Yishtala was cool. <laughs> but we did not stop the summoning. Um, Minfilia witnessed some weird echo shit. Maybe echo shit. Leviathan was summoned regardless. The priest who summoned him died, even though he thought he was immortal. And now Merlvib is like, how the fuck do we stop Leviathan? Because um, he will fuck shit up. And that's where we are. Two things, Jen. Uh-oh. One, you forgot the whole thing where the domains arrive in Mordona. We've already done that. That, that was the episode prior-, prior. No, we arranged for them. So, okay, two episodes... <laughs> What did I just say? Two epic goads. (laughs) Two episodes ago, the Domans arrived. The the episode previous to this, we were escorting them to Mordona. Yes. Okay. Two, Minfilia thinks that this is some echo BS where the echo will be involved somehow. Maybe. Yeah. She's like, I gotta gotta peep this because it's it's not like you find somebody with the echo growing on trees. Now that we're back in Limsa after the whole Leviathan getting summoned thing... We convene in the Admiral's command room, and we're joined by Grand Company Marshal Einzar Slefferson. Merylvib mm-hmm. starts off by telling us of Leviathan's past appearance. Once he was lured into the shallows by the Company of Heroes and defeated away from the sea. The second time he appeared, around the Calamity, he summoned a tidal wave that devastated the town of Halfstone. What was once a settlement was reduced to waste and is now the Sahagin's spawning grounds. Yeah. Now, though, with the amount of stolen crystals used in his summoning, Leviathan is likely to be even more powerful and will probably not be fooled by the same trick used by the company of heroes where they're like, hey, come to the shallow water and get owned. Right. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah, like, does each summoning of a primal retain the memories of previous summoned primals? Actually, yes, as we have seen or we'll see, I'm not sure which. Okay. But yes is the answer. Um, cool. Then yeah, so now we're all in Merle Vib's command room and we're trying to strategize. Bro! Oh, that was butter. Okay. Girl! Okay. And it's kind of like, well, what what the fuck do we do? It's not like the scions are super effective at fighting things in, in the water. But Slofferson, he has an idea. And his idea is to weaken Leviathan's hold on the element of water by using a device that taps into corrupted crystals. Does this sound familiar? Yes, it does, because we did the same shit to the Howling Eye but, trying to get into Garuda's shit. But Jen, this is not Sid's idea. This is Einzar's friend's idea, his arcanist friend's idea. He's very careful to point out that yeah, Sid yeah, does not yeah. have no, no, no. Yeah, ownership yeah, he, over this correct. concept. Yes, like the guy who did it first was my arcanist bro, it is a solid idea. Like it's 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 like like the only way. A proven idea by Sid. Yes. 
we did it. We got into the Howling Eye because that, I mean, that, remember that whole quest line and how super fucking annoying it was? Like, oh my god, you found the Corrupted Crystal. Oh, this one is fire aspected. That's not going to work at all. But we don't, thankfully, have to do any of that. Somebody else is outsourced to find the Corrupted Crystal. It's fine. That's happening. So what we need is a way to hold this bounty of Corrupted Crystal. We need a way to get it out into the ocean. We need a way to tether it to Leviathan. And this is the meeting where we kind of get all that shit I hammered out. I have a quibble about that last part, but I'll hold for a second. Yeah, the, the tethering doesn't really... It's oh, When Slopherson is... This is this is his idea, and it's, you know... So the device will need a tremendous around, amount of Corrupted Crystal. A single ship isn't going to be able to hold it. But uh, Slopherson is like, you know what? two might be able to do this what if we borrow a trick from him the pirate Mistbeard's book like when Mistbeard lashed two vessels together to haul back a wealth of treasure recall you the tale of Mistbeard's greatest haul it is said that he lashed two ships together side by side the better to bear his plunder by your leave We might attempt to repeat the trick. The gods know it would be quicker than building a new vessel. Mistbeer did this. Truly, Marshal, upon the subject of the Pirate King, you are as a scholar. And then we move on. There's a very pregnant pause. (laughs) And then Ironsar changes the subject. I love it. We'll have to get these vessels close to Leviathan. To do so, the lashed ships will need a towing vessel... And also they have to lash the barge, the double ship thing to Leviathan, even though that never happens. So it's weird that it comes up. Yeah, like it, it, it happens, but it doesn't. We just assume it does or whatever. It's I, it's lashed. Maybe metaphysically. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, Or at least we're just it's lashed in a way that like we're bait and that's all he can focus on right now. He's emotionally lashed to us because we Something. piss him off so much. Right. It might be a translation issue, I wonder, or something, Maybe. because this has no bearing on the coming events. No, he's 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 free to move about. Yeah, but it's like once we so the um the twin vessel has to be towed, and the towing has to get up to ramming speed, which is no small feat. Slafferson says, "Yes, I will captain is, the towing vessel because well, I'm a yeah, pro. yeah, he volunteers that shit, which is amazing." Merle Vib is is like, "This idea is sound. This is the best we've got." Slafferson, you are in command of this whole mission. Go. And he's like, "Yeah, darn too." And then us, the warrior of light, and our seven closest adventuring friends <laughs> are going to be aboard the twinned vessel to slay Leviathan once within the corrupted crystal range. However. Before we can all move on, a uh, storm herald bursts in, and he's claiming that uh, the Yellow Jackets have found a man who claims to have bested Leviathan. You know, this sounds fishy. <laughs> uh, and we are tasked with interviewing this man because we can't afford to ignore him, right? Might be full of shit. Might also be true. Uh, but yeah, let's let's make the Warrior of Light go talk to this fucking who knows whatever. I forgot all about this bit. Me too. I, I had until until like we found a man who says he bested Leviathan. I'm like, oh fuck, there's no way. So I had the guy. same feeling. It's like there's there's no fucking way. There's it's, no way. What possible person is there in the story that killed a primal? Like I, I would remember yeah. this. I'm sure uh-huh. if some 
Randall showed up. That's the primal killer. I'm curious, but also like confused at this point in time. Then I see the quest marker is out at yep. the red rooster stead yep. area. Yep. It's like, oh, fuck, no way. Yeah, no way. Okay, so so just a quick aside. When we're doing Vanity of Van Splinter and you were talking about, uh, quote unquote, Lady Titus, which is Lion, and she bursts in with her like weird outfit, you know? So when you were describing her outfit, I have not seen this character in the game, so I had to imagine it. And when you were describing her and you referred to her as Lady Titus, I was reminded of this guy because of his outfit and the reference to Titus. Yeah. In my brain, it was all one big like oatmeal. All right. So we're, we're slightly ahead of ourselves here. We go out to meet this guy. He's being questioned by a storm private. He's out <laughs> in the Gray Fleet. The Gray Fleet is the collection of windmills in Manila Nosha. It's a milling settlement. Yeah, well, essentially, it's a place where the wind hits just right. So they have tons of windmills out there oh, to yeah. power all the mills. Anyway, so we head out there, and yes, <clears throat> we see Track Tomb, the same asshole who claimed to have killed Titan, aka Titus, Titus. back when we're trying to figure out how to fucking kill Titan, and he wasted our time. So yeah, back he's, then. he's trading pointers on how to deal with a primal. For somebody doing his chores for him. And he his outfit is a very scanty it's well, it's a subligar with some like like leopard print harnessing. Curl print gin. Curl print sorry, sorry, sorry. Wow. I, um, you're fired. I am fired. <laughs> Can I have my job back? Yes. Okay, thank you. Subligar with curl printed shit. Like it's very uh it leaves nothing to the imagination. But and then a also straw hat. a big straw hat and like big gatherer boots. It is quite the look. And he's sitting there at his table like, I'm not going to give you any more pointers about beating Leviabetus until you pick up the chocobo dunk. And this poor storm private who has been sent ahead of us to try to like, I don't know, rein him in or get some answers. He's like, but I've already done this and I've already done this and you still won't tell me anything about Leviathan. And uh, and Tractum was like, ah, fine. So uh, he gets up off of his chair and he stands up and he's like, no, well, I would tell you the time that I defeated Leviabetus. And he ref- <laughs> just, thank you, Koji Fox. Leviabetus. So much for the Leviabetus. Whose scales are as wide as Tractum's member is long. Yeah, immediately. First thing, I'm going to make a reference to the scale of Leviathan that is relative to my junk. He's so we're like we're watching this, right? We're like we're in the room. He does not notice us. Then we walk up. Then he looks and it's like a whole like whoa, like double take and he's like ah fuck. And immediately he prostrates himself on the floor. He's like I'm a worm. My member's tiny. I can't get laid. You know, whatever else he says to try to apologize and he's he got he fucking got caught again. I'm surprised one that he still has this job. Because the last time we talked to him, his boss was like, you are so full of shit. You do not do your job. I don't know why I tolerate you. And then this has to be like a year later, minimum. Yeah. And he's still dicking around. Anyway. But not very much, Jen. So he... (laughs) That was a good one. Thank you. So, you know, this was just kind of a lovely little callback to, you know, because... There was the company of heroes, and of course, this guy kind of inserted himself into that whole situation, and this is great. He does say, though, after capitulating, that he did see Leviabetus, 
or as we know him, Leviathan, from afar fighting the Limson fleet. And it was terrifying. So he, he saw some naval battle between the Limsons and Leviathan. Yeah, like once. That's, that's legit. He's like, he saw it and it was terrifying, but that's as far as it goes. Okay, Jen. So I do not begrudge this segment whatsoever. It's a nice, fun callback. No, I, no, I love it. This it keeps us busy for enough time for them to finish the twin vessel. Exactly. So that's what's happening. But this guy should be arrested at this point. <laughs> Like he this is stolen valor on a whole other level. It's beyond that. He is wasting the time of the the fucking the, maelstrom. Oh, oh, the maelstrom and had the warrior of guy. light. Yeah, totally. And now us. Um, and when, Merle Vib, when she sent us, she was like, you know, at the very least, maybe it'll take your mind off of the seriousness of what's going on. It did. So just like you know, we will take care of. I mean, like we got to build a ship thing. That's not something you can help us with. So I guess do this instead. Maybe take your mind out of. I mean, take your mind off of it for a bit before shit hits the fan. Still, Fine. like his BS reached Merylvib, who's got much better shit to be oh doing right God. now. Oh my God! Yeah. So the next time we hear of somebody who was defeated at Primal, and we can go talk to them at the Gray Fleet, we're gonna be like, nope. So anyway, that's just that's just wonderful. And so, well, we we get a link pearl. Yeah. So yeah. Minfilia pings us after our little exchange, and she's like, "The twin vessel is." Ready. We teleport down to the Morbi dry docks where it's been assembled. Einzar meets us there to inform us that the twin vessel, dubbed the Whorl Eater. Whorl Eater. Thank you. Has been outfitted with an experimental elemental converter that should rob Leviathan of his hold over water. However, we may need to activate the device manually. Classic. And because the Sahagin are likely to reinforce Leviathan, the other Scions will be joining a diversionary force to intercept them. Sounds good. So Minfilia and Merylvib see us off, and we embark upon the Whorl Eater. Here we go. Hard. <clears throat> hard. I, I understand they're, they're calling this hard because we have the other eight-person primal fights being hard, but there's no normal version of this, so right. now it's just confusing. Right, yeah. They knock the shit off after a realm were born, but... It feels like at this point in time, in, in the 10 years of this game, they should maybe patch the names to be less confusing. Yeah. Because I still see people worrying about this being hard when it's not. I mean, if you're a brand new fucking player and like this fight is an escalation for sure. It's not like quote unquote hard. Imagine you're a baby gen, and not hard. You are. <laughs> Bear in mind that in the MSQ, you have not done any trials since the Ultimo weapon, I yes. believe, right? Yes. Yeah. Because what was 2.1? What did we do for that one? Was it just like the primal extremes? No, th that's a side quest. Oh, we did Moggle. King Moggle. Mog. Oh, right. So, Third March Hard is the first trial. Yeah. You're a baby gen. You see that. You're like, where's normal? Where's easy? I don't want to do hard mode. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. No, no, no. This is it. Because this game the is base... so accessible, but it still has this language here, which it, I can see being confusing no, it, it, at the it, least. It plants and... panic in your brain. Yeah. Yes. Though the first time I did King Mongomog, it was very hard. And at least like most of my group at the time was, I think it took us like an hour or so. That was extreme. Was it? Yes. What? Yes. Okay. 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 All right. We see a cutscene of our very ungainly barge being towed by Einzar's ship. Leviathan rises in the distance and the marshal opens fire. Leviathan surges towards the ship to retaliate, but Einzar cuts loose from the twin vessel and Leviathan bursts forth right into our trap. Boom. Now he's tethered, quote unquote. Sure. Now he's emotionally tethered to us. 
we've got Leviathan, then his tail's going to pop up, and you're going to fight, like, two-prong. Then ads are going to pop in, you're going to deal with ads. Then he's going to do this shit where he... You're going to watch the outer perimeter of the platform, you're going to see a big tornado of water come up and run to the opposite side, because he's going to slam down on the on the vessel and tilt it, and you're going to go sliding. This fight is kind of exhibit A in the normal trials are training wheels for extreme argument. Yeah. Because this mechanic has no consequence. No, because we this. have railings. You'll just... Right. So the whole the barge is full of railings. And then if it's you... It's not even like there's an AOE, like a, like, a, like, a, like a lasting like puddle of muck or something that you have to avoid. No, you just kind of slide from if one to the other. If you're where he slams down directly on, you do get hurt. But if you are midship and you slam to the railing... Nah. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. This is really frustrating to me, and this makes me kind of dislike the normal version because the core mechanic of the fight is irrelevant to this fight. Right. Wow. It's really like you're playing bowling with bumpers on. Okay, so hey, here you go, kiddo. Don't shame. You can roll, I play that shit as an adult. <laughs> you can roll the ball, and it's going to hit something. It might not be and a strike, but... it'll bounce back into the thing, and then you'll just get two pins down and your ball will be going two miles an hour. We'll hit the mechanics in the extreme because it's the same thing, but with consequences. Yeah. There's the point where he will do his big like tidal wave maneuver and you have to know the timing to trigger the device, shield yourselves, otherwise you will die. That's really the only major mechanic in the in the hard fight. Yes. The timing is that when Leviathan makes a plume of water at the narrow end of the ship, you want to be on the half the plume did not appear next to. Longitudinally. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's when you trip the converter. When you see that plume and then he jumps lengthwise down the ship. Boom. Done. We we do the normal fight. We fucking kill him. And then we get the, yeah. the cool music for 10 seconds before the busted item I level know. sink. Though I do love the, just like the, the raw ass drums. It feels very ominous and... There's no, there's really nothing else there except this, like, this constant, like, rolling of drums. And it feels really kind of raw and uh, there's, like, an intensity to that because there's no, there's no really, really any melody. But then post pulling the thing, then it, like, ramps up, um, which is also cool. And then you win. And then you win. Because the actual item level sync is twice the fights balanced item level so slofferson's idea totally fucking worked we did did. yeah we defeat leviathan technically hard (laughs) and we return to the command room in limsa admiral meryl vib gives thanks all around especially to miss beard would that she could thank him in person for his inspirational idea right if only he were here in the background marshall slofferson averts his eyes and smirks Yugiri. He doesn't smirk. He gives like a, stop it, stop it. Yugiri marvels at our having confronted this godlike being. She offers to help in any way she can, such as training us Eorzeans in her martial style. Thancred proposes that she provide tutelage to the semi-secret rogues guild here in Limsa. She agrees and notes that Thancred's blade work wasn't too far off from her own, though when they started fighting, his blade work was different so in the sahagan fight last time during the, the everyone's a badass cutscene, mm-hmm. thankred was fighting like normal 
when he sees Yugiri doing her cool double dagger shit, he's like, oh shit, I better keep up. And he whips out a second dagger and he flips his <laughs> daggers around upside down. And yeah, then yeah, he's, yeah. he's way cool. And I think this is the most subtle job change in this entire game. We noted that at the start of 14, if you play with Thancred in the old die quest line, he does the gladiator or paladin sword fighting moves. He swings his dagger like it's a sword in yeah. terms of the game's animations. He's got some like generic fighter type job. Like he's some sort of fight man. But now he kind of embodies his actual, the spirit of his character when he whips out the second dagger and does the rogue stance. And remember, mm-hmm. rogues did not exist when the game was released. This was not a, a weapon set or a style that existed in the game back when Thancred first appeared outside Ulda. Right, yeah. Now, though, he switched over to what I would call like the rogue job. Yes. And he's doing the, the cool dual wielding. Yes. But usually when we get job changes in the game, it's really played up. Oh, shit. Here we go. They've they've evolved. <laughs> but now, oh, better keep up. Then suddenly he's got like two daggers and he keeps going at it. I mean, which was a really cool thing to see because we didn't we didn't really get like Endwalker teasers. We weren't doing the breadcrumbs for for Endwalker shit you know, new jobs and whatever. Like we weren't, we weren't doing that because we were like, we don't know what we're doing, but we have kind of been on top of that shit for Dawn Trail. And the little, the tiny little teasers we get about new jobs and new locations and all of this, like we, we are taking the breadcrumb and we're just like examining every square millimeter of it. Are you Jen? Yeah, and I did that shit when... Because um, I'm cool. Like, honestly, I don't really care are about... Are you? I am. Thank you, Jen. Okay. Because I kind of know it'll be there, and I don't I don't really want to overthink it, because I'd rather just That's take it as it's... That's the fun part. That's the fun part. Like, ooh, what does he mean? When he, like, he... You know, so when Yoshi P comes out on stage in North American Fan Fest, and he's got the t- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shirt, and he's like, here's a clue. And we're like, what does it mean? See, I, I don't really get hyped like that it's no not... oh my i was obsessed i was well, obsessed. great good so I'm glad. so that's what i'm saying so back in the day when people are watching this cutscene for the very first fucking time and they see thancred pull out like a brand new kind of move set that's all you're gonna do is extrapolate like what does this mean rogue came out in the 2.4 patch oh shit so this did indeed kind of um prelude Pre- prelude yeah Right, so so at this point, Thancred doesn't really have like a like a job, quote unquote, that we could also have at this time in the game. So both he and Yugiri are Yugiri's a ninja. Thancred would be a rogue, correct? But they're like planting the seed for this is something y'all are going to be able to do in a hot second. Yes, that's cool. I God, I wish we were there at the time. Like I, I like I would have lost my fucking mind. Over this. <laughs> it's okay, Jen. You can lose your mind now. Doing it. I know. Oh my god, remember when okay, 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 okay. Just remember. So Mining of Isaac Rebirth, right, okay. So there was the Binding of Isaac, which was a flash game that you could play on Steam starting in like, I don't know, twenty eleven or some shit. And it was a little janky and uh it was very charming and people loved it because it's just a really good roguelike and it, it was unlike anything on the market at the time. And that is the game that discontinued my decade-plus-long drought of video gaming in my life. I had stopped as, as like, a late teenager, and then again in my 30s, I was introduced to this game, and I'm like, I fucking love it. This is the first game I'd ever played on PC. 
I didn't. I had to learn how to do like the WASD plus the arrows. Like I couldn't. I, my, I had to train my brain how to do it. And then, so I played this game for hundreds of hours as the Flash version when we had like Brim Snap and we had all of these these this fucking jank and it was so good. You could get you could get your heart containers off the fucking chart like you couldn't even see it on your screen anymore, and you knew you were getting hit, but you you had so much health. And you kept getting hit, but it was like, as soon as you saw your hearts on the screen start to go away, you're like, oh shit, because you knew you had like 40 of them shits off the screen that weren't being registered because it was such jank. And then Rebirth was announced. And this was like a legitimate pixel art, like what Edmund McMillan envisioned for this game since he started crafting it in his head. And the first little bit of gameplay that we were fed the internet went insane and like we went literally literally frame by frame by frame to catch all of the new shit we're like oh my god he's got a lion mane in this frame we see it for literally a quarter of a second what does that mean he turns into a lion and it was a very exciting time and so that is how I'm imagining people feel when FanFest happens and we get these little, like, IV drips of information about, like, the shit's coming out. You have to imagine you've been there, Jin. I, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Like, I get it. Like, I... When, have you ever felt like that with a video game? Like, you've been so excited for a release? I, I think that, for me, the hype died in my early, early 20s. I guess, like, I just don't get that way anymore. I think that there's enough kind of Elden Ring? false. No. No. It was great when it came out, sure, but it's not like I was like, oh my God, like every single day I'm Timber Days, Number Days, whatever, and so on. Yeah, I, like what's the hot goss online like, about I, <laughs> I was content to wait for it to drop and then I would engage with it and figure out what it was in real time for myself. It is true. You you like to kind of av- like you actively avoid that shit, frankly. Um like, I was watching North American Fan Fest, and I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I'm, like, pinging you a signal. I'm like, did you see this? Did you see this? Did you see this? And um, you're like, I, I like, I, I can't. I want to experience it fresh, clean, no bullshit for myself. Like, we won't eat. We can't even. Guys, I like watching YouTube videos of people playing games, even though I'm not playing the game. And he's like, I, I, I can't. I haven't played the game. I will not watch people speedrunning Subnautica. <laughs> Because I haven't played it and I don't want the spoilers, which I totally understand to a point. Yes, I do not like spoilers <laughs> and I would like to experience things in my way and not presented to me out I, of I appreciate order. that. And so also, much. though, as far as hype goes, it's also very possible that you get all psyched over something and have it be ship. No. So, yes, I guess I have been very fortunate in that, like, the games that I'm interested in, like, at this level where I am susceptible to hype. The the studios, the developers, the creators or whatever have been very, they've been very appropriate in how they approach that. And I can understand how people who have been um, like consistent gamers and play a ton of games, I can see how the disappointment is probably a stronger memory for you than than for me where i'm like i play three games and of those three games um when a new version comes out the way all of that is released to the um, player base is very respectful and very still close to the chest it's just enough because they understand that there's a level of passion 
with the player base and they're going to respect that but not every studio is going to be that not not everybody is going to behave appropriately let's say and myself i haven't experienced that like concerned ape isn't going to come out and be like an asshole all of a sudden he's not going to be like a blizzard or a ubisoft or whatever you hope um i i there's no way there's no fucking way anyway so as we were saying (laughs) yugiri is going to train the rogue skilled in her sweet dual dagger skills and Meryl Fibb says, hey, thanks, Yugiri, for all the help here, but we can't take you refugees because things are kind of fucked up internally right now. Sorry, but we'll send some provisions to Mordona for your your bros there. Right. Because Meryl Fibb says, hey, Mordona kind of sucks to live in. This is before this got like fully built out as we see it now. Oh, uh, Revenant's Toll? Yes. Okay. This is no place for your people, but we can't help you, so have some food. Yeah, I mean, it's been five years since the Calamity, which relatively speaking, is no time at all. We're all struggling, and that's probably the best place for you at this time. However, we'll feed you and outfit you and, and stuff. We'll do what we can. At this point, the meeting adjourns, and Meryl Vib and Yishtola meet up in private, though we see Yugiri creeping on them in the background. Yeah, she sees them, she's like, oh shit, and she quickly hides behind a wall and listens in. Once again, just like with Titan, mm. Yishtola calls out Meryl Vib for bringing this strife with the beast tribes upon herself. The Sahagan summon Leviathan because they feel they have no other recourse. They need to have land on which to spawn. They gotta lay them eggs in the tidal zone. They yeah, can't they, do it at They sea. deserve to live as much as anybody else. Merlib says, sure, but also, no. I am responsible for the Lumsons, and I'll do what it takes to keep this nation safe. After some back and forth, Ishtula says, fine, whatever, but no good will come of your approach. Correct. This is not inclusive. This is still an us versus them mentality. Yeah. It will not end well. So Merylva will not give a single inch to the Beast tribes because she is looking only out for Limsa's immediate Yeah, it's kind of a purist view, I guess. Mm -hmm. After Yishtol leaves in frustration, both Yugiri and Merylvib monologue to themselves separately. Yeah, this is like a stage play. This is very interesting. Yeah. I don't want to talk out of my ass, but I have seen some speculation that there was some writer shakeup that happened during this time, either in terms of the people involved or just the direction provided, because we do see some definite course changes between now and when we start Heaven's Ward, the next expansion. So there's obviously some discrepancies in terms of how they thought the game should be written and also the direction the story itself was taken in that was to an extent abandoned after this patch series before heaven's ward and also to an extent backpedaled on as most people who've played on from a realm reborn know so i again i I don't know what went on internally there but you can see that there's definitely some deviation from the game that we know now And this scene is a perfect example with this extremely theatrical monologuing that both Meryl Vib and Yugiri do. Yeah, this is exposition only for our benefit. And it's very out of character. So it like it it, honestly, it it breaks my immersion in this moment. I'm like, this is weird. This isn't anything that would happen. Yeah. So Yugiri talks to herself about how every people seek to justify their own actions. Man has ever put himself first and foremost. To justify his actions, he clads himself in the armor of righteousness, though it be a fancy of his own making. In this, mayhap the Galians and we Domans are not so different. 
I mean, that's a hell of a thing to say when they just decimated your people and leveled your entire city. Yes. she. For, for her to extend, like, you know, maybe in this regard, deep down, we are not so different. I mean, to just... She's a fucking leader for a reason, and this is true. Yes. Like, you know, deep down, we're all the same, blah, blah, blah. We all have monkey brains. I, It's just not believable in this moment. Like, so fresh, literally off the boat. It's, it's true, but for somebody to be like, hmm, you know, maybe the Garleans and we aren't so different after all. Like, well, yeah. Merylvib, meanwhile, doubles down on her Limsa-centric mindset to herself. Eorzea has become as a raging sea. If we are to keep our heads above the waves, we cannot scruple to drown the man next to us. When hopes of coexistence founder, strength must determine who has the greater right to live. Back in the Bulwark Hall, Xanthiel, the command's lift guard, gives our character a letter of introduction from the Admiral to the Rogues Guild so that we can introduce Yugiri to the Guild. But he warns us that they're a guard of the sort and the letter will only get her foot in the door. Yeah, they're like, they keep their operations very close to their chest. Anyway, the letter is to be delivered to a an inconspicuous pair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So delivered to an inconspicuous here and man inconspicuously um who are wearing uh, the green and cream colors of the rogues guild (laughs) with masked bandanas on like hanging out in the middle of nowhere right yeah they've got masks on the expectation was set by xanthiel that they weren't going to really entertain us even with a letter of introduction from the admiral they were going to be very like hush hush like i don't know what you're talking about we're just we're just like hanging out this I don't know what this, like, secret society thing. Like, you know, like, they would be doing this shit, you know, playing this game. But we show up and they're like, oh, hey, we were expecting you. Welcome. I got more <laughs> the impression that she was saying that they wouldn't accept us just because the Admiral said we had to play nice and be friends. Right. They were going to do their own independent. But they, they trusted the whole thing, like, right away. Like, we yeah. expected you. Oh, so hey, what's up? They mm-hmm. say, first off, they ask about Thancred. Apparently, Thancred was a member of the Thieves Guild or was in close with them because they are yeah. hot on Thancred. Yeah. He's like, where's that guy? He must have a pair of glasses around his arm or whatever. We all know Thancred doing Thancred. Yes. Mm-hmm. The guy laments that Thancred's not with us. Now, Yugiri joins us and immediately Yugiri and our inconspicuous contact bond over their love for stealth. He's like, you know, we, we got to... Be in the shadows and stab guys sometimes. And she says, me too. Oh, my God. And then they're best friends immediately. And then they <laughs> just leave us alone. Yep. We're like, all right. Well, that's done. Okay. It really it's, it's yeah. hey, hey, want to be friends? Okay. Okay. See you later. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. It was like, it was so greased up and smooth. There was no problems whatsoever. And now that's done. We now return to the Rising Stones. In the common room, there are a few domains getting acquainted with the Scions. Jin's favorite crate balancing kid is at it again. Papalimo is yelling at this kid to come down as he balances on a crate five feet off the ground. <laughs> so like twice Papalimo's height. Yes. Thancred is trying to reconnect with Philomene. Mm-hmm. Yishchola is trying to teach a Doman kid about the value of history, but the message is lost as the kid wants to... Balance on a crate? Wants results now. Because she just got kicked out of her homeland. She's like, what is history going to do when I'm homeless and the uh, Garleans killed everyone? 
She's not wrong. Come on, Yashola, read the room. We head into the solar. Benfilia recaps what we experienced with the Sahagan priest last time, how we used the echo to achieve immortality. So this cutscene clarifies a few things that were not clear during the last cutscene. When we saw it unfold in real time, Benfilia now narrates when the priest's soul, when his like water orb of mortal soul thing faded away, it wasn't because this ritual thing was flawed. It was because Leviathan absorbed his ether. So there's yeah. nothing wrong with what Elidibus told the priest. It's just that Leviathan slurped up his soul juice to be Jesus used personally. Christ. Um, there was no other way to... Correct. Describe. Okay. She says, if the Asians used the same echo power as the priest did to possess bodies, this must mean that the Asians can also be slain like the priest was. Correct. Like, we, up to this point, assumed that the Asians, because of this ability, were invulnerable when in fact they are actually vulnerable given the right circumstances minfilia goes on to talk about a legend in which souls are reborn on the cusp of each calamity so that they may stay the encroaching darkness could these souls be reborn because of the echo as well she and urian j will keep researching it is but a fairy tale yet recent events have given me cause to wonder could the legend in fact refer to the echo much and more yet remains unknown, but I am confident that all will become clear in time. For the present, however, what matters is that the key to defeating the Asians may at last be within sight. With Orianger's aid, it is my hope that I shall fathom this matter ere long. Now, said Orianger bursts in with grave tidings from the Charlayan motherland. The students of Bildesian, specifically. Their headquarters, the Isle of Val, is no more. It, The entire Isle, their base of operations, is gone. Full stop. A high-magnitude etheric wave was recorded in the region, after which the island vanished. The power was not unlike that of Ultima. Like, this is fucked up. This is fucked up. I mean, it, like it's like, you know, kinda. Alderaan getting blipped out of existence. Kind of. I would argue that this is so far off screen and the students have only been talked about in third person. Right, right, right. You know, we don't have a lot of connection to these people, to this, like the Isle of Val. This is the first time we've heard about it. Yeah. But the fact that like an entire body of land can disappear off the face of the planet is that's a first and that's what are the implications of this this so, is crazy i agree with you now on this free playthrough but on my first playthrough i didn't even know what the students were when they are spoken of later on because this did not stick with me whatsoever sure i i totally understand that i tend to feel feelings when maybe i shouldn't feel feelings and so when i first played this i'm like holy shit like an entire an entire island just blipped out of existence um, and, and that with all of, like, the these Asian machinations and the primal drama that's going on, I'm like, the world is falling apart! That's all fair. Especially, though, with my difficulty in recalling names and details without attaching them to a, a concept. Like, there's nothing for mm, me to anchor yeah. this random name to. It's just to... been a name kind of floated in yeah, space there for have the been past, dozens, not, not a lot. At least names that fly by us 
with no context whatsoever. Right, in this the, game. like the emissaries of the Adventurers Guild in Mordona. Yes, exactly. <laughs> For me, <laughs> those my. They will live on because I talk about them so much, <laughs> and that's the only way. No, I, I get it. I get it. But that's so that happened. But Orianges. again, now now I do know what but the fuck this is. But we can understand that this means a tremendous amount to Orianje and Minfilia yes. at a minimum. Yes. So this is uh, like so this is this is wrapping up the entire patch. So we've got yes. to close some some loose ends here. So that well, was we open a loose end. Well, correct. Um, this is yeah, more stage doors, play shit. You open some doors. So we yeah. now jump over to yeah. the fragrant chamber in Ulda. The syndicate is just wrapping up a meeting, and our new BFF, Teleji Adeleji, remains in his seat while the others leave. The light in the scene goes dim and basks Teleji in a spotlight of red light. If he, this is not, like, theater shit, then I don't know what the fuck is. Right? God, like, the 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 Merle Yestola Yugiri scene, stage play shit. This with Teleji Adeleji remaining in his seat... The lights are blown out by attendants, I'm assuming, because it's not like they have like dimmer switches in the wall. He has I, a lone candle I read on the this table as in front being of him. Purely mood lighting. This is purely his mental or emotional scape. Oh no, 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 no. This is this is all visual storytelling. Yes. Like a la the stage. Yes. And he's sitting there in quiet retrospection as the only person left in this room. And we're like, the f- it's just something's going to happen right now. And one of his attendants approaches, kneels next to him. It is done, my lord. I forgive my impertinence, my lord, but these orders, I am uncertain as to what end they serve. Revolution. End of patch. And scene. scene. <laughs> Jen, is our new best friend actually our new best enemy? <gasps> it but might be. He was so nice, Jen. He was so nice. He was an advocate for refugees. I, I don't understand. I'm Jen. confused. Hmm. I wonder if Alfie knows right. <laughs> Put that on a shirt. Oh, I wonder if Alfie knows right. <laughs> I probably shit on him that. Goddamn. Okay. I uh, wonder if ARR Alfie knows right in any words. Oh, yeah, that, that's a better one. Yeah, you got to qualify it. Absolutely, yes. Okay, so Jen, that concludes the patch. End of 2.2. Before we jump over to the Leviathan Extreme talk, any closing thoughts on either today's content or the patch overall now that it's closed out i gotta say um this like opens up literally everything so how how many months do you have to wait between patches it's it's still not something that's in there yeah i have but it's it's been like what four or five i I don't know what it was like during a realm reborn but i would say um probably six between msq pieces okay I would I would be dying. So the Telegi Adelegi smirk and his stupid little mustache, the the disappearance of the Isle of Val and supposedly the entire students of Baldesian organization. Uh Yugiri, the Domans, what's in store for their future and ours, um, with them now being involved. 
Leviathan and who knows what the fuck else kind of primal is going to show up. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Just, <laughs> we had a cap on Eorzean drama for like 30 goddamn seconds. And then it just all explodes again. So that's where we are. For me, the biggest thing that hits is the Teleji revolutions. Oh, yeah. It's not like he was... Come on. He's been built up so far. You know, not being facetious, we can tell something's up with him. Correct. A syndicate member being the best guy ever. Oh, the poor refugee. It doesn't make sense if you're paying attention to old on politics but you don't know what his angle is why is he doing this why is he being such a bro yeah and now we don't know still his plan we, we can't put the pieces together yet but he reveals though that he is looking to upend the entire social order here we go somehow the domains and the oligomegan refugees and whatever else he's doing they all tie into this plan to instigate a revolution this is what i want to know more seeing this absolutely absolutely any other msq thoughts jen nay okay so jumping on now to the leviathan extreme trial Again, I didn't want to talk about the Leviathan normal in too much detail because the extreme just kind of extreme has all of the it's got all the mechanics, but they're they're better. It's a it's a well rounded fight. Yes, exactly. Yeah. In general, the normal trials tend to kind of give you like a little teaser, a little amuse about the extreme mechanics. Yeah, it's like in- and I kind of <laughs> disagree with the design philosophy because I feel like a lot of normal trials are really just the the bumper version, either literally or metaphorically, yeah. of the extreme. And it's like, okay, so here's like a very easy version of the extreme mechanic, but it's going to be real easy. Rude. <laughs> when the extreme comes, then you actually get to see how it really works. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a there's a good way to um, express those mechanics in a way that is respectful to like the capsule that is like the hard or regular version. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like we saw that with, I don't know if you're going to moogle me this, but <laughs> moogle me this. Uh <laughs> normie and then savage we recognized all of these mechanics but they were like twisted in a way for savage that no like it stood on its own i and then it was ramped up kind of disagree i think the worst thing for me was the um p11 or p10 there's like the castle guy in the webs and you can see that there is something going on there but the fight uses that web one time in a very basic easily solvable way so it feels like I am being given the baby version of the actual way this very different arena element. So there, there's the, the main platform of this arena. Then there's two little bridges that go off to the side. You almost never see trial or raid arenas that appear more than a square or a circle. So this was very distinct in that it actually has some sort of physical dynamic to it. That's not just running around a big floating platform. And you can tell that this is something that's going to be that's going to be significant. You're going to have to cross this little bridge at some point in time. You don't know what yet, but the way it's used in the normal, it's just you have to avoid a fucking AOE and that's it. It's not a big deal. It's just like okay, so I'm going to walk over here now. It doesn't feel like it uses this extreme shakeup to what Final Fantasy XIV loves, which is squares and circle arenas. So that one, it felt like okay, so I I don't get to experience this because I'm not going to do the savage version of that i i don't want to put the time in for savage that's certainly a take 
And Thank I think you. it's it's a it's a valid take depending on what it is that you you're trying to get out of the game and get out of these fights. Y- like I think you personally you need something in between where savage becomes this like repetitive, punishing, grindy bullshit where you have to learn choreography and nail your steps every single time. There's no opportunity for sight reading or reaction or feeling like you're you're kind of you know, like the, the there's blood pumping through your veins, and you're able to kind of like engage with this fight in a in an exciting way, versus just like literally memorizing movements. And there is a space in between that, and I think a lot of people would agree with Hypothetically, you. Hypothetically, but not actually. Correct. Like we all want this. We want something between the normie and the savage version. That you know, maybe people who like you want a little bit more of a challenge but not something that is like fucking impossible to do without learning it ahead of time my god like watching videos and taking notes and and progging for hours and hours and hours there's got to be a space in between so like you can go into one of these fights like like a p10n and just and you can just do it based on all of your experience thus far in the game you can kind of figure out what's going on um versus yeah so like i i i I totally get that but i as someone who is a little bit more of a casual i can still appreciate those elements where like i have to leave the arena entirely to avoid the coe that's a little atypical oh that's all fair too jen everyone has their own speed obviously yeah but for me stuff like leviathan normal and this alluded to raid fight and many other of the normal trials in the game they feel very much like I am only being given a teaser or I'm being given the easy version where if you fail or don't fail, it doesn't matter because it's not going to punish you that hard for failing it. Not every fight in the game, not every trial in the game is like this. Some of the normal fights do stand on their own just fine. That's all. Anyway, this one bothers me a lot because the bumpers ruin the normal <laughs> fight for me. Yeah, anyway, there are though, no stakes. Yeah. The extreme, though, is one of my favorite extremes in the game because I love the movement mechanics. Yeah. Thank you to the people who joined us for this extreme fight at minimum eye level. We got the clear within an hour at min eye level. Good stuff. Besides myself on Paladin and (laughs) Jen on Black Mage, we had Raven Ghostpaw on Gunbreaker, Quasar Red on White Mage, (laughs) Chi Miyu on Sage, Freya Highwind on Dragoon, Nefla Highwind, no, no relation. relation, on Reaper, and then Aki Meho on Red Mage. Thank you all again. <laughs> really good fight. Good runs. Good stuff. It was it was really great. It was it was just enough challenge, and we fucking did it. It was great. So this fight here, um, Leviathan Extreme, the main mechanic that is what I would call Leviathan's signature mechanic, is that. After the first tidal wave in the fight, the railings around the barge will be destroyed. And every time the barge shifts, you will fall off the edge if you do not look to see where he's going to slam down and move opposite that location. Yep. So pretty much throughout the fight, Leviathan will sometimes go underwater away from the arena, become untargetable. That's when you get near the middle and you pay the fuck attention. 
this fight, I think, is almost mandatory for headphones because mm-hmm. either you're frantically spinning the camera around looking for a water spout coming out, or you just listen and you can hear in headphones which direction the water spout comes from yeah. and just move without checking, which honestly, I, I know it favors certain hardware, but also it's kind of awesome that you can use your, your hearing to resolve the mechanic. Yeah, you can do both, but one is the better way. Obviously. Yeah. But anyway, so you listen or watch for the water spout, and then you move opposite that. He'll either slam down on the fore or aft of the barge, so on either of the narrow ends, and that will turn the whole barge up sideways at an extreme angle, and all characters will be slid down the deck. If you're not on the very end of the barge, you will pitch off into the water and die. Bam. Sometimes he will do water spouts along the long edges of the barge, he will not slam down here, but he will jump over the water, jump out of the water, and slide across the deck, knocking people in his path. Yeah. So at the very beginning of the fight, you get to wail on Leviathan's head only. So you'll be on one edge of the barge. You'll have the railings up. You see his big, dumb head on the other side of the barge. You can rush forward and beat on him for about 10% of his health bar. Yep. No problem. Yep. Then he's going to go away for a bit. Then he does a slam. He does slams. This is the one time when you get to practice the slam mechanic without falling out the edge because you get the first phase has railings up. Yeah. So he's going to do a slam. You're going to run. This is practice. And then he's going to pop up again along one of the longer sides. So after the slam, his head is going to pop up at one end and his head is going to reflect physical damage. So if you're physical range damage. Yeah. So if you're physical range and you hit him, it's just going to come back at you and damage you. Um, so magical DPS and also melee can go on the head fine. His tail will also pop up on the opposite side and that will reflect magical damage. And uh, so again, physical range and melee can hit the tail. So make sure you're dividing that appropriately. That means healers too don't attack the tail. Correct. The and- head does some pretty hefty cleaves. So the head tank, you've got, you've got your main tank and off tank. doesn't really matter. Tail tank, head tank, whatever. Right. The head tank needs to make sure they're not pointing his head towards the party because the head will drop cleaves. And if the head tank wants to go and fight ads elsewhere, don't because the head will slam on you no matter where you are. Yeah. You cannot walk away from these pieces. They have range attacks. The head tank will bring the head's cleaves with them if they go for a walk somewhere. So you're going to be hanging out on one of the shorter sides, kind of leading those cleaves out into the open ocean and not towards the party. And then while this is happening, there's going to be a couple of Sahagans that jump on board. You're going to want to, like, you know, focus fire on those guys, get them down. Um, there are two types of ads, like Sahagan ads in the fight. One of them, the the one that comes out in pairs, these guys are no big deal. They're just like fighter Sahagan. Just extra shit to deal with. Yeah. Then, though, there is the, the wave collar, wave caster, whatever. The wave tooth. This guy has a staff. If you do not focus on them and stun them ASAP... They will cast a big persistent ground AOE, which causes fear. It's bad. This is extra bad because don't forget, pretty soon there's going to be no railings, which means you will probably end up running off the edge in your panic if you got hit by this AOE. Yeah. So as soon as Wavetooth guy, it's going to be a lone uh, lone ad at this point. Um, But everybody get on top of him and um, get him before he gets a cast off. So that's, that's that guy. Then Leviathan's going to do the runaround shit. And then there will be four 
spumes that show yeah, up gyro spumes. Um, on the um, on each corner. These are gold orbs of water. And what you're going to do is um, systematically focus fire on each one because what they are going to do is pull the power out of the corrupted crystal device. And you need a minimum of 30 out of 100 fucking whatever it's called corrupted juice. crystal power crystal yeah. juice crystal juice to effectively shield his tidal wave attack so if you have less than 30 which means the spumes have been hanging out sucking all that power out for too long um you're not going to have enough to mitigate the uh, the tidal wave damage and it's a wipe also these spumes will do a raid wide aoe when they pop when you kill them so um healers be ready for that there's that also worth noting is that the tail applies a debuff to the tail tank, which gives the healers who heal that tank a stacking debuff. If they heal that tank 16 times, they will be locked out of action. Yeah, so, be so just inactive. trade. Trade. Yes. It seems like 16 is a lot of stacks. It's not when you're healing through extreme Constantly, level damage. Constantly, yes. Yeah. Uh, so just communicate there. Um, there's also going to be a water spout cast, um, which will target the healers and they will need to make sure to spread so that they're not getting that shit all up in the middle of the arena and yeah, fucking shit up. Because this drops like big AOEs of, big. of falling water on you. Yeah, and the they worst part though is that this happens right before Leviathan dives. Right. So you've got to make sure you're not. It's just it's just removing areas of the arena yep. as per usual. So I think after the third time he dives, this this is the one thing that does require memorization because the the timing of his tidal wave, his big raid wide fuck you attack. This is keyed off of in order of operations. Yeah. So you must know when in his attack patterns, he's going to do the the dive and then the fly across the deck move that will signal it's time for the tidal wave. To hit the device. Yes. So you've got to learn to recognize that, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no good signal. And you have to cram that fucking switch as soon as you see him do that maneuver. <laughs> cram it. Because then that will summon the shield of corrupted energy across the ship, which will mitigate the damage of his tidal wave. If you don't use the shield, you will wipe, period. Even if you're level 90 unsynced, you still die. Yep. After the first tidal wave, this is when the railings get blown off the ship. This is when the music gets kicked up a notch. Which is pretty much the singer going Leviathan, Leviathan constantly, <laughs> but it's awesome. It's metal. <laughs> that is most of the mechanics in the fight right there. So you got the um, yeah. Zahagan adds, the spooky wave tooth ad, the gyro spumes, and then you get one other type of spume later on, which are the wave spumes. These are blue glowing orbs of water. You want the off tank to pick these up. And you want them to uh, kite them around a lot because these wave spumes deal damage to you based on proximity. So pretty much the off tank's going to bring them to the corner at a certain time. They are going to pop and then hopefully the off tank has corralled them away from the party and they will not blow yeah. up on the party. Yeah. He'll, that is he'll the take a bunch much. of damage. But yeah, otherwise, yeah, shit just repeats. It really is a matter of learning the timing of the um, the dives of leviathan's dies across the ship yeah. and also just being on top of the ads because if you don't kill them things will get bad very quickly if you get that down you're good to go they they really have learned i think at this fight to knock off that invisible tank buster order of operations shit that we saw for ifrit and titan extreme especially this feels much more polished than the earlier extremes we fought previously yeah dude that's all. It was very exciting. No, I, I love very this fight. Exciting. It's really good. Yeah. 
All right, Jen. So with us concluding this MSQ, it's now time to announce our our inter-main story series. For this gap, we'll be covering the Crystal Tower. Fuck. Fuck fuck or fuck yeah or, or what? Oh, it's a whole thing. You know, it's just we're so fresh off of binding of coils, um, or the binding coils of Bahamut that it's just it's just come up real fast. It's fine. It's it's time. The outlandish man has been chilling out of that streetlight for a long time. Let's go talk to him. This is going to be some thorough coverage, yes, but also it's not going to be the same level of mechanical punishment we got from coils. No, and it's also like story wise not going to be as heavy, in my opinion. Binding coils of Bahamut was emotional. Nail's story, Louis Soie's story, it's all that was all part and parcel to the calamity, which yeah, there's there's weight there. And so Crystal Tower, right now, this is just a big ass fucking mystery to everybody. So saddle up. Yeah. So that'll be starting in a few episodes. Next time though, we are playing through the Hawk Manor Hard Dungeon. See you then. I will, Jin. <laughs> that will do it for today's episode thank you all again so much for listening and um you know being you which is pretty cool uh if you want to get in touch you totally can we have pod return ffxiv at gmail.com we have the discord check the show notes for info um, and uh, join the group. Join us for group runs. Do runs of your own. Share your glams. Talk about random shit. Join us for Crystal Tower. Join us for Crystal Tower. And we're going to need a lot of you. Then there's also the uh, the Patreon. Patreon.com slash podreturnffxiv um, where you get access to some bonus episodes we do every month where we discuss uh, Final, Se- Final Fantasy 14 seasonal events. Uh, we've got the Final Fantasy trading card game and we just started doing the Vanadeel Van Splainer which is all Final Fantasy 11 shit in preparation for Dawn Trail. With that... We hope you enjoyed the episode, and we hope you have a good day or night, and we will see you next time.